welcome to Fun Fact Collectors. I'm Jadrian. And I am the Brad. Uh, I have some facts to tell you today, and they're fun, and you can collect them. Wow, that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, I I have a topic this week, and I don't know if it's something that you know that I am interested in, but I enjoy it a lot. Okay. I love wholesome speed running (laughs) what (laughs) like so there is an organization called games done quick which i assume you're familiar with yeah and uh what they do is they hold a charity event a couple of times a year along with a few other um off the cuff uh events and they raise money for different charities they just finished for summer 2023, which was like a week straight of uh, speed runs. And they raised over $2 million for Doctors Without Borders. And Games Done Quick includes all types of different games. Like traditional speed running games are kind of limited to the most common. There's like, a, there's several that lots of people mm-hmm. But they do like... I don't even remember like the the there's like an organizational game where you have to like unpack all the stuff. They do a speed run. <laughs> Stardew Valley, they do a yes, speed run. Yes, I watched like, the Stardew Valley one a couple years ago. And I love falling asleep to these. So, I have watched through many 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 games, games that I'm not even interested in, don't know anything about because I find the way that they have it set up and the way that they have the ongoing commentary and the dialogue between kind of the person who is in a host interviewer position and the person actually doing the speed run is so soothing. And I just think it's great. But for people who are not Brad and I and other people, what is speed running? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm expecting this episode to kind of be more of a dialogue because I do know this is an area that you are also familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's not just totally brand new information. Uh, but I do have some points here. So what would you say speed running is? Going fast. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> I know you have different categories too. Like there is like Stardew Valley, right? You can do, are you trying to complete the community center in the shortest number of in-game days? or yeah. real lifetime or mm-hmm. are you going for grandpa grandpa's shrine max completion like all that yes. stuff yeah so it's it's not like the idea of speed running intuitively is playing a video game but also it can involve only playing a portion of a video mm-hmm. game and trying to compete complete a set of goals as fast as possible and often it involves exploiting game mechanics or bugs and we're going to talk pretty in-depth about some of those but like you just said with stardew valley the same game can have multiple speed run challenges that all have different sets of rules and goals and there is a hugely diverse global community where records are tracked and beaten and a lot of the information that i have today comes from like the reddit communities where people are very very active it comes from um speedrun.com i believe that's what it's called speedrun.com that sounds right yeah speedrun.com and also from some youtube videos which is not normally something that i do in my research (laughs) but i think 
unlike what I often present on, which is well-documented science and history, uh, I kind of had to do some investigative work to find out all of this information because uh, you're kind of piecing things together as as uh, scandals, uh, <laughs> foreshadowing for the future. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about uh, speed-running scandals, I assume I know the one you're about to bring up. Well, there's a lot of them. But before we get there, I am going to give an example of speedrunning so that we can kind of talk concretely about how it works and the different tactics that people use, the different rules that are set up. So for an example, I am using Super Mario 64, which you and I are both pretty familiar with because we have a roommate or had a roommate when we had roommates who <laughs> played it a lot. And yeah. I, think, it's, I think it's a pretty classic game to speed run too. Yes, it is. It's kind of like everything that I saw online was kind of like, this is the big one. This is the big fish that people try and get. And it's really interesting because such since it's such an old game, there have been a lot of developments throughout the speed running community and throughout technology. So we'll get to some of that. But if you don't know, Super Mario 64 is one of the early Mario games. It's the first Super Mario game to feature 3D gameplay. And this is ripped straight from Wikipedia. In the game, Bowser, who is the primary antagonist of the Super Mario franchise, invades Princess Peach's castle and hides the castle's sources of protection, the Power Stars, in many different worlds inside magical paintings. As Mario, the player collects Power Stars to unlock enough of Princess Peach's castle to get to Bowser and rescue Princess Peach. So basically, the goal of the game is to hop through the different areas and collect stars. Collecting stars unlocks new areas, and then you can beat Bowser. So for example, there is a specific door where in order to get through it, you have to collect 30 stars first. The original platform was, as you may guess, N64. It was released in 1996, and speedruns can be done on the original N64. They can be done in an emulated version, uh, I included a definition for emulation just in case people aren't <laughs> familiar, but uh, it's it's emu emulators allow a host computer system to behave as if it is another computer system. So, for example, I have a GameCube emulator on my PC, which allows me to play GameCube games. It's kind of like a virtual machine within a machine. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, I didn't know this. But you can also do or do Mario 64 speedruns on a virtual console, like the official Wii U virtual console, the Wii virtual console, and the Switch virtual console. Uh, what I found super interesting, and I didn't, I didn't realize this actually until we were watching some of the Games Done Quick streams, but not only does the platform that you're playing the game on matter, but also the language that you are playing the game in matters. So for example, with a lot of the Mario games, the comparison is Japanese versus English. But in I've seen other games, I can't remember what it is. I want to say GoldenEye, which is another classic like speedrun game, mm -hmm. um, where even if the speedrunner speaks English, they will choose Russian because the text in Russian yeah. is shorter. So you yeah. spend less time clicking through text. Uh, in Mario 64 specifically, it impacts the amount of text that's on the screen that you have to click for. So for example, for certain challenge objectives, English is faster by just a little bit, like 
200 milliseconds mm-hmm. because although it has more text sections than Japanese, it scrolls faster. Hmm. So you might it might be counterintuitive, but actually it's quicker. And when we get down into milliseconds, that is literally how these runs are tracked. Yeah. So getting into the rules, there is a different set of rule for different challenge objectives and for each different platform. But I am going to give you only the N64 platform rules because this is an example. I'm not trying to give you a compendium of information. Mm -hmm. So the rules common to all of the different goals include things like banning mods, although mods are allowed in some types of speedruns for certain types of games. It sets out what types of controllers can and can't be used. And it sets specifically when the clock starts and when the clock ends down to the exact millisecond and frame that you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then it also, so speedrun.com is the hub where most of this, all of this is tracked. And I believe it's either all or primarily volunteer run. So they also have requirements for when you are submitting a run that you have done, they require that the screen capture of the run be in one continuous segment with clearly audible game audio. And they have submission rules for verification. And we'll talk more about verification later, but anybody can submit a run that they have done provided it meets the requirements. And it will eventually, if you've done it correctly, be listed on this site. So you talked about Stardew Valley having different goals that you're trying to meet. Uh, With Super Mario 64, the goals, this is like a good good example. So there's the 120 stars. The goal for this run is to collect all 120 stars and beat the game by beating Bowser. Classic. That's it's how the game was intended to be played. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. 70 stars. The goals are beat the game by beating Bowser. But 70 stars is the minimum number that you can get and still be able to access the final Bowser battle as designed without relying on any exploits. I thought you needed more stars than that to get to Bowser at the end. No, I mean... Unless my research is faulty, which it very well could be, uh, because this was, like I said, very difficult to research. Um, And there's a lot of acronyms and jargons (laughs) that I had to look up, some of which are uh, the 70 star run prohibits certain exploitations to be used within the game. So you cannot use any form of BLJ, which is backwards long jumping. You can't use any form of MIPS clipping which we'll talk about later. And you cannot circumvent any door or star requirement using any other method. And we'll discuss what all of those references mean when we talk about the other star challenges. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, the reason that these exploits are prohibited is because the challenge is designed to be completed the way it was originally. So that means not using any exploits that were discovered after the challenge was created and records were set. So you will see uh, things that will require you to play on the original console with the original controller, and uh, you have to play as the game was originally intended. You can't play using exploits that somebody discovered in a bug 10 years later. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you know, if if little Johnny in 1999 set this record, just sitting on his basement floor with his stock in 64, 
it should be the same playing field. Yes. Yeah. yeah the, the classic way. Now we get into some of the fun ways because we also have the 16 star challenge, which again requires you to beat the game by beating Bowser. And the rules for this set out that you cannot use any method to skip the 30 star door other than MIPS clipping. And I use that term above. And I also mentioned the 30 star door, which requires you have 30 stars in order for it to open. But this exploit was discovered in 1997. MIPS which is all capital letters. It's not an acronym. It's a name. It's the name of a little yellow rabbit that spawns in the basement of the castle when you have 15 stars. And then again, later when you have 50 stars Uh. and if you catch him, it will spawn another star. Mm -hmm. The 30 star door, as I said, is a door that with designed mechanics requires you to have 30 stars to open it. But If you catch Mips and then carry him up to the 30-star door, you can glitch through the side (laughs) of the door, kind of where the hinges would be, into that area without collecting 30 stars. So that's why you need, it's a 16-star run. You need 15 stars to spawn Mips. You, wait, yep. Yeah, you get one from him. You get one from him and then you go through the door. So you cannot use, in the 16-star run, cannot use... SBLJ, which is the sideways backwards long jump. But in the one star, which requires you to beat the game and beat Bowser, it allows backwards long jumps and side backwards long jumps because they must be used to accomplish the goal. Mm -hmm. So as with the previous one where you have to get 15 stars to get MIPS with this one, MIPS won't be sufficient because you need minimum 15 stars to spawn him. So this this tactic was discovered uh, on July 18th, 2007. It's very specific, <laughs> but that is after the birth of YouTube. And yeah. so that's when we start seeing things track like that. So what you can do is at the 30 star door, you can exploit a glitch by doing a specific type of jump on the staircase. And that allows the player to skip through the door. Um, and it's all very like... It's all very, very technical. That's very difficult to do. But in the one star run, you cannot use the DDD skip trick. (laughs) Now you ask me, what is the DDD skip trick? What is down, down, down? Well, no. The DDD skip trick comes into play in the zero star run where you beat Bowser without collecting any stars. And to do so, you must use the DDD skip trick. So what this is, the one star in the one star run that you have to get is a star in an area called Dire Dire Docks, and the star itself is called Board Bowser Sub. That's the the goal you have to complete. So you have to get this star before you are able to access the second boss battle with Bowser. The skip trick uses an exploitation of a glitch in the game by picking up enough speed with Mario by doing the continuous back jumping and that kind of thing until Mario's speed is proportional or greater than the width of the portal to dire, dire docks (laughs) by doing backwards long jumps. And then you bypass the star requirement. (laughs) So I'm not sure when this was discovered Uh, based on the forum posts. My guess is sometime between 2007 and 2017. (laughs) But if any of you listening happens to know, like perhaps our friend who will only know that she's listened to the podcast because one day she'll message us and be like, I can't believe you talked about this without me. (laughs) 
send us an email at uh, headnerds at funfactcollectors.com uh, or send us an Instagram message. The As I said, with the zero star, you got to beat the game, beat Bowser, don't collect any stars. And to do that, you must use the DDD skip trick. And that is even more difficult. So if you are starting to learn how to speed run this game, they recommend you start with the 70 star or the 16 star because that trick that you have to use to master the MIPS clipping Mm -hmm. isn't as difficult as these other uh, tricks. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't watched speedrunning, especially when you get into these uh, glitchy ones, there's so much stuff you can do like like Jay was saying with the DDD stuff and like doing like chain different jumps together to get like super fast and just clip mm-hmm. through stuff. Uh, like it, it looks almost like in like picture stereotypical computer hacking movie scene mm, yeah. where it's just like Oh no, you muted yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I was slapping keys for uh, dramatic effect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like slapping buttons around and like characters just moving in ways that don't look natural, either like real life natural or even like consistent with the game. Mm-hmm. Like I think in um, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, when you pause and unpause, for some reason, the way it, it slots into the game's engine, it doesn't cancel out your speed. So if you just like flip, if you look if you look one way, pause and then like frame perfect unpause and flip. I don't know. You can do something right. Mm-hmm. So you watch and it's just like you guys just keep pausing a screen, just keeps going like faster and faster and faster mm-hmm. until you're just like flying across the map at like, you know, warp speed. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And I think um, it's it's really interesting to kind of see the evolution of like that's why i think super mario 64 is such a great example yeah because you can see the evolution of well how much further can we push this every time somebody discovers a new thing that can be exploited it's you know okay well 120 stars 70 stars ooh, 16 stars we can push it further and now pushing it all the way to zero stars like <laughs> negative just, star run when yeah negative star run when <laughs> Yeah. And so when I said that we would come back to verification, mm-hmm. when you submit your run to speedrunner.com or speedrunning.com, I don't remember. <laughs> we talked about it. I Whatever I said earlier was correct. So there's two different phases of verification. Verification within speedrunning.com is specifically, it's a checkbox. When you submit your thing, they say, leave the checkbox blank. And what they do is they verify that the submission appears to meet the rules. So for example, one continuous video, the time that the person reports that they completed it in actually matches the time shown in the video to that frame perfect millisecond that we discussed. And the rules do not appear to have been broken for that category. Uh, This can take a lot of time given that it's all volunteers reviewing these videos. And also they can't review, they can't watch every single video in its entirety. So I know um, there have been people who have done things like uh, make a fake speedrun video and submit it for verification. And it does like purposefully as an experiment and it does get verified, Mm -hmm. but it's because the things that they did to fake the videos either weren't super obvious, can't be detected without other technology, or it's just simply because these are all volunteers and they can't watch every every moment of every single video. So if your video is only like ranked 200th, 
yeah. they're probably not going to give it super high priority. And that was what happened in this case that uh, I was reading about. Somebody's like, oh, I'm doing this investigation for my YouTube channel. And people are like, well, you're 204th. So <laughs> I don't think they're super worried about you having cheated. Yeah. Uh, the second type of verification that is typically only really used for high ranking submissions, aka like record breaking submissions, is verifying that what was submitted uh, didn't involve any cheating. And usually the way that this comes up is if there's something in the video that gives the moderators pause, like a red flag, kind of like, hmm, that doesn't seem quite right, then they will do more thorough investigations. And we will talk about one of their investigations in a little bit. But talking about some of the famous fakes, uh, Super Mario 64, I actually have this... Um, where did I put it? I have an iceberg chart that somebody made <laughs> of this fake speedrun icebergs. And um, all of the ones that I'm covering are so high up on the iceberg, they're in the sky. But that is because there is just simply not enough information about some of these more, uh, I don't know, like, obscure you've got to be in the know. Yeah, yeah. the obscure ones. Well, um, and, and who cares about the, the great controversy of, I don't know, the sims 2002 pet life dlc yeah. <laughs> speed run scandal from 2003 to 2003.5 yeah yeah um one of the things that i saw specifically about again super mario 64 that i thought was really interesting was that a lot of the original speed runs have been discovered to have been faked because um the people who tried to do the speed runs knew the game so well that mm -hmm. they were able to they they know like the optimum place to like splice a video or yeah. to um to 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 manipulate what the person is seeing and so the people reviewing it don't have that background yeah. and uh it doesn't come out until many many years later it's just it's really interesting so this one in, in this one specifically is by a player named super fast jellyfish and i want to acknowledge that a lot of this information came from a youtube channel called charlie brown 64 <laughs> so thank you charlie brown 64 uh we know that you are a big fan of our podcast so this speed run was in particular a blindfolded speed run okay. because speed running mario 64 isn't hard enough they need yeah. to do it blindfolded now uh blindfolded speed runs are very difficult as you may guess they rely on sound sound cues and what is known as normalized strategies so a normalized strategy is any strategy that is done in such a way that the outcome is always exactly the same. So for example, if you walk Mario into a wall, it will always bump him back the same distance from the wall. So you can use that to position yourself uh, in certain places so that you can, for example, um, like with the MIPS clipping, you can walk into the wall that's next to the door uh, sorry, not next to the door. There is a wall that meets the wall that the door is on perpendicular. So there's a corner near the door. You can walk into that corner and then repeatedly drop and pick MIPS back up five or six times. And doing that will 
each time you get pushed back a little further and it positions you exactly where you need to be <laughs> to glitch through the 30 star door. So those are described as normalized strategies and everybody who is trying to do a blindfolded speed run uses these and all use the exact same strategies. And normalize or the blindfolded speed runs are a lot slower. So the time for these is in like the 30 minute range specifically for the blindfolded 16 star run, because each time you perform an action, you have to make sure that you've set Mario up in the right position. And so to do so, you have to do additional prior actions in order to get the positioning, like doing that, picking up and dropping MIPS over and over again. So this specific blindfolded 16 star run was done by a little known streamer, Superfast Jellyfish, who claims that they had been playing Super Mario 64 for like three and a half years. So they were super familiar with it and repeatedly credited their skill at the blindfolded speed run to muscle memory. But when experts watch the video, <laughs> there's some red flags. So red flag number one, Superfast Jellyfish had the Twitch TTS, the text-to-speech, and chat alerts on. But usually these are turned off because audio cues are so important in the game. Yeah. You have to be able to hear them. And he also spent a lot of time talking with chat or providing a lot of commentary during things that are very technically difficult or things that you have to hear very specific audio cues. Like... One of the ex examples is um, during one of the points where you have to pick up Bowser and spin him in one of the boss battles, um, there is a specific whoosh noise that will let you know when you are in the right positioning. But the difference between each of the, there's like four whoosh noises, two are like, you're really early, one's like you're a little early, and then one's like you're late, and then you're really late. And the difference between all four sounds I mean, I had my eyes open and I don't know if I really heard the difference between them. But while doing this, this streamer was talking to chat and answering questions that chat had put through the text to speech. So something was a little hinky there. In addition, what they did was they took routes and strategies that were typically used for runs where you could see not used for blindfolded runs. They relied on visual cues, including doing things like moving the camera view around in the game. So again, talking about the section where you're throwing Bowser into the bombs, they're spinning him. You're, you do that entirely on audio cues when you're blindfolded, but they are adjusting the camera so that they can see where the bomb is and then they release and still claim that they can't see what they're doing. But there's no audio cues that are telling you... Uh, anything when you're moving the camera angle. And one of the other things they did, which is related, is not using those normalized strategies. So not lining themselves up before executing the actions. Um, and that happens a lot. They also made like positioning adjustments without any apparent way of knowing since there's no audio cues. So like they would walk up to an edge about to fall off and then would pull themselves back or would be um, turning to do something, turn a little too far, and then pull themselves back to where they needed to be. But there's no audio cues letting you know where it is. Yeah. I guess it's just muscle memory if we're going based off of what they claim. And that MIPS clipping trick 
that I mentioned where you have to put yourself in the corner and then drop and pick up and push yourself back, which takes more time, which is why these speed runs take more time. This person didn't do this. They just pick (laughs) nips up and then walk directly into the corner of the door in the like little fiddly place you have to hit exactly and got through. So that was proven to be fake pretty quick. Yeah. So was it just they didn't have a blindfold on or was it more elaborate? No, no, they had a camera like a a face cam so you could see them and they had a blindfold on and they had their hat down kind of low and basically the faking strategy was just the theory is they're able to see through the blindfold either the blindfold is not effective or they're able to see it like an angle at the bottom or whatever i was thinking something more elaborate like uh i don't know the the, the inputs all scripted or or, or, (laughs) yeah (laughs) They've got like somebody in their ear describing where they are. Turn back a little more. <laughs> I, yeah, originally when I wanted to do this topic, I wanted to t- do it only on these um, famous like fakes, but a lot of them are really boring. Like it just comes down to you think somebody's using like a cool trick to figure it out. And even if you, you know, dislike them for cheating, you can at least respect them for. I don't know, kind of like an Ocean's Eleven situation where it's like, yeah, you shouldn't steal, but also it's Ocean's Eleven and you did it in kind of a cool way. No, none of these people did it in a cool way. So if you cheat, you're also lame. That's your that's my advice to you, children. The next one I want to talk about is uh, a fake speed run of Super Mario Bros, which I'm sure you know, but I would not know if somebody just said that to me. It is one of the ones where it's a 2D scroller going. Yeah, the, the original SNES ones. Yes. Or NES. Yes. And the the fake for this one was uploaded by a YouTube channel that is in Spanish and I believe based out of Mexico named Badabun. And the person playing on it was a guest from another YouTube channel who doesn't he doesn't do like video game content he was just kind of on to play it kind of like a buzzfeed type energy and this one is described as the worst uh fake speed run on line ever (laughs) because the way that they do it is not only are they um kind of stealing aspects of the setup from other people like for example I guess there's one well-known speedrunner who does Super Mario Bros and he includes a heart rate monitor on his screen so that you can see how worked up he's getting during different sections of this. And so they throw a heart rate monitor up on the screen. He's not hooked up to anything. It doesn't, I don't think it, it pertains to anything. It just kind of flashes and like blinks back and forth between a couple of different numbers that there's not even a significant change in heart rate. But they actually steal footage from these very well-known speedrunners and then try to describe it or describe it, try to disguise it by uh, doing things like distorting the audio so that you can't hear audio cues that are, aren't supposed to be where they are and splicing different pieces of streamers videos together. So not only are they splicing, for example, the section in the beginning where Mario is in the normal world running on the grass, then he goes down through a pipe splice into another streamers, uh, secret shortcut area where he's down in the pipe. He comes out of the pipe splice to another streamers, different run. 
That seems like um, a lot of work for to make an easily discoverable fake. It's a lot of work. And also they did it badly. <laughs> Something else that they did is they, so for example, in that pipe section that I was talking about, you go down and you can collect a bunch of coins. And they, in trying to disguise the fact that the footage was stolen and the fact that the coin counter didn't line up with what it would have been before, what they do is they actually just take the top section of the screen where it shows the time the coins collected um, and all of like the stats and stuff and put that over top of different footage on the bottom. But the problem with that is that people who know a lot about the game are like, well, you're loading into this section of the game, but the pipe and the coins are loading in a split second faster than the uh, speed counter and coin collector are loading in. So, but normally those load in at the same time. The coin counter has a flashing coin icon that changes colors. The coins in the pipe section also flash and change colors. And in a true version of the game, the coins are flashing on the same beat, kind of like a um, like a turn signal. The <laughs> flashes were off. So it was like they were flashing against each other instead of flashing in sync. And they also have a section where they do that same thing. They cut the top in on the screen. But... In a correct game, when Mario goes up into the section of the world that places him kind of behind that section of the screen, like up behind the coin counter, mm -hmm. you can still see him. It's transparent. Yeah. But they had Mario leave the screen for part of their thing. And it's like, that doesn't, <laughs> that lazy. doesn't work. That doesn't work. It's just lazy. It wasn't a very long video either. It just seemed like something that they were kind of trying to like cash in on oh people are really into speed running let's try and make a buzzfeed-esque video and it also speaks to what i was saying earlier about uh really experienced players who know a lot about the game being the best people to be able to cheat <laughs> um these people clearly knew nothing about the game and didn't know a whole lot about speed running like at one point the guy is trying to do the speed run and in the break between uh, loading into a different screen, he's eating pizza <laughs> or he's using a controller that cannot physically do the types of techniques that are being shown on the screen. So you know that he's not the person playing the video that is. Yeah, like being the, the old timey movies where like the road is like projected behind the car and they're driving on a straight road and the wheels is going all over the place or mm -hmm. vice versa as uh, very accurately portrayed by the movie airplane. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just, I thought that was really interesting. I don't know why you would choose to make something that, yeah. and like steal other people's stuff. That's, yeah. that's the worst version of faking a speed run is like stealing someone else's footage. Now uh, you, said earlier that you thought you could guess which which speed run i was going to bring up with yeah. the, the controversy <laughs> which speed run you think this is i guess i thought you were going to bring up like the dream minecraft speed run yes i am <laughs> we're going to talk about minecraft so i don't know how you live on this planet and don't know what minecraft is but whether you're someone like brad and myself who has spent many hours playing minecraft or you are someone who has a child or a grandchild who constantly watches Minecraft YouTube, you've probably come across dreams sometime in your life. 
Uh, it's like a little green background with like a very scary yeah. little smiley face. I've guy. never like barely seen dream content. I just my YouTube is very much like the old Minecraft stuff, like mm -hmm. the Etho and B-dubs from a craft stuff and not this new Minecraft. Yes, agreed. And like I watched a lot of Markiplier drunk Minecraft. I think dream caters towards the much younger demographic. Yeah. I didn't include this in my notes. But I know that he was born in 1999 because I saw it and then went, oh, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the man has 31.6 million YouTube subscribers and almost 3 billion, that's billion with a B, video views on YouTube currently. That's, that's wild. It's almost as many as people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> We actually have uh, 3 billion month monthly listeners. Yeah, we half do. the world. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and let me tell you a little bit more about Minecraft for people who aren't familiar with the game mechanics. But it's a sandbox game that was first published in 2011 where you can build things, farm, fight monsters, etc. And it is also unlike Super Mario Bros. and... Or sorry... Yeah, Super Mario Bros. and Super Mario 64, it is constantly developing and changing. They yeah. release new content and updates and bug fixes on a very regular schedule. So like Super Mario 64, there are different sets of rules for different challenges. So an any percent run is beating the game as fast as possible using any tools at your disposal, including exploiting bugs. An any percent glitchless run is the same thing, except you can't exploit glitches exactly what it sounds and then there's also runs by seed so a seed is a code that you enter which causes the world to generate in a specific way and always generates that way when you use that code yes because so every minecraft map is unique but you yes. can yeah, put in that seed value and get the same map every time yes so with a random seed every world that is generated is totally random but with specific seeds it kind of has a map of how the world will look and you therefore kind of have a map like if you've done a speed run on that mm. seed before you already know where different landmarks are that you have to find even if you don't um i don't know never mind cut that yeah you just know where they're gonna be <laughs> you know where they're gonna be so there's also runs by release version so like I said, Minecraft has released numerous updates over the years, and some of these are very big landmarks changing or adding gameplay. And so playing on a specific release version means that you're playing with only the game mechanics and resources that were available in that version when it came out. So I've talked about beating the game, but how exactly do you beat the game? Brad, you've done it before. Can you off the top of your head give me a broad strokes step by step that you have yeah. to go through? Yeah, I mean, I think the pretty core Minecraft speed run is grab a couple of tools, get yourself into the nether, i.e. the hell dimension, get a couple of resources there that you need in order to find and enter the stronghold. Stronghold opens the portal to the end. You go into the end, you fight the end dragon. Um, and I don't know if the if the end of the speedrun is like the frame the dragon dies or when you jump through the portal that starts the credit sequence but broad strokes that's a minecraft speedrun yes so i'm i'm going to i'm going to go into a little bit the specifics of yeah. what you need to collect because that is important when we talk about the dream fake speedrun scandal yeah. 
So to get to the end, the realm where the dragon is, you need to find the portal room within a stronghold and activate the end portal. To activate the end portal, you need to collect Eyes of Ender and place them in specific locations on the portal frame. Yeah. Eyes of Ender are crafted using Blaze Powder and Ender Pearls. And the most straightforward way to get these items is to go to the nether. Blaze Powder is crafted from Blaze Rods, which you get from killing a monster called a Blaze, which only spawns in the nether. Ender Pearls, you can get several different ways, uh, like killing Endermen, we'll sometimes drop them. Endermen are monsters that can spawn in any realm. Or you can trade with Piglins, which are neutral creatures that only live in the nether, or only spawn in the nether, to mm. be more accurate. And so you also need the Eyes of Ender to find the stronghold where the portal is. If you throw them up in the air, then they kind of direct the path, the direction that you should be walking in. So. To get the Ender Eyes, you have to go to the Nether. You have to build a portal out of obsidian. This is made out of water where water and lava meet. So I know that's a lot of information for anyone who's not familiar with Minecraft, <laughs> but you can forget all of it and I will retell you the important parts. <laughs> like we talked about, Dream is a massively well-known uh, YouTuber and Twitch streamer. He's American and he makes mostly Minecraft content. Like I said, he's got almost as many subscribers as we do. And I do want to thank the YouTube channel, The Game Theorists, which a lot of, it's a very big channel. They make great content. They really break down um, the math and science behind a lot of these types of things, like they go really, really in depth into the statistics and how the statistical analysis was done on this on this project by a couple of different people. But uh, again, broad strokes, because I don't understand math. So Dream was, like I said, very well known, and he held previous world record categories, or sorry, held previous world records for other versions. So we are talking specifically about version 1.16. So versions 1.14 and 1.15 were similar enough that they were grouped together in the same category, and he held records for those versions. In October 2020, he starts speedrunning in 1.16, which has significant changes to the game mechanics and becomes its own category. I believe that was the update that was like the nether update, which added and changed a lot of stuff. That's that just for you right. and I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on October 10th, 2020, he streams a run on Twitch where he ends up ranking fourth in the world with a time of 19 minutes and 24 seconds. And at that time, the record for version one point. Uh, one six was 15 minutes and 12 seconds. So he ranks fourth, pretty mm -hmm. high up, but not the top one. Yeah. And this run doesn't raise any red flags, but what does raise red flags is a pattern throughout his many, many runs uh, streaming that he's trying to accomplish this challenge because he gets an abnormally high rate of item drops. Because he has so much Minecraft content in all of his videos and streams, the official Minecraft speedrunning team have a really good data set that they can pull statistics from and make some determinations. Over <laughs> 20 hours, they looked at. So his success rate for bartering with piglins for ender pearls was 11.3% higher than the actual rate. 
and his blaze rod drop rate was 19.2% higher than the actual drop rate. And if you watch the Game Theorist video, which I uh, encourage you to do if you're interested in this, they talk all about um, the statistical and mathematical principles that make this uh, super unlikely. And the only one that I'm really going to tell you about off the top of my head is the concept that the bigger your sample size, the closer the average will be to yeah. the actual what it what it should be. Basically, yeah, it's like if you toss a coin, right? Yes, it should exactly. be 50% heads, 50% tails. If mm-hmm. you flip a coin five times and get heads, 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 tails, yeah. that doesn't mean your coin's wrong. It's just, it's that's literally probability. Mm-hmm. But if but you flip if your you... coin a million times, yes. and it's 70% heads, like, okay, something's yeah. maybe something's a little wrong. hinky. Yes. The more, the bigger your sample size, the closer it should be to the correct uh, rate. Yeah. So the Minecraft speedrunning team submits their report, which is many, many pages long. And Dream replies that their statistics are biased and because essentially like a, 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 a true bias, not just like they're out to get me, but he claims that the information that they have used is biased because they noticed that he was getting higher drop rates. And so therefore they went looking for information that confirmed that theory. Mm-hmm. And he hires someone who is described as an anonymous astrophysicist to do a rebuttal report, (laughs) which is also many, many pages long. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of math and a lot of explanation in that. But I'm going to give you one example. So the Minecraft speedrunning team says that the chances of uh, this, this, I don't even know, this pattern of him getting higher drop rates in several consecutive uh, streams and videos. The chances of this happening is one in 7.5 trillion with a T. <laughs> and the anonymous astrophysicist says the chances are one in 100 million with an M. And only several orders of magnitude difference there. Several, yes. There's a very wide difference between those. And also, the chances of this happening, the astrophysicists agrees, are very, very remote. But the reason that there is such a huge difference in these numbers is because they rely on numerous tiny differences in the data collection and other random factors. So, for example, not only is it um, the number of times you successfully barter the maximum number of ender pearls from a piglin. It's also uh, the number of piglins that spawn. Like there's there's more factors that contribute and each of these reports kind of dealt with those tiny factors a little bit differently and all of those little differences add up to a big difference. But what ends up happening is that many months later, Dream releases a statement that in which he admitted that he had a prohibited mod enabled during the October 2020 record-setting run and during five other streams that increased his luck during the game. But what he says is that he didn't realize that it was enabled slash didn't realize that it would impact his speed run. So basically it was an accident. 
What he's saying is it's a mod that is designed for multiplayer. And he did have it installed and turned on, but he didn't realize that it would impact the single player aspect. Mm-hmm. So oh, guys, guys, I'm so sorry before I, you know, you, you thought I was getting a little extra lucky and I just totally forgot that I had the luck mod installed when I hired an astrophysicist, well, allegedly hired an astrophysicist. An anonymous I mean, if they're anonymous. Yeah. How do you check the anonymous credentials? And also I, like, why are you hiring an astrophysicist? Hire a statistician, statistician yeah, a mathematician. Yeah. yeah. But see, I feel like, like astrophysicist just sounds, you know, it's like, ooh, it's an astrophysicist, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, if I need heart surgery, I don't want an astrophysicist working yeah. on it. Yeah. Very smart person. Not the right person to do yeah, cardiac surgery. The wrong smart. Yes. And that's basically where the story ended. He made this admission. His subscriber count and video watch count has only continued to climb since then. He has also done famously dream uh, never showed his face. He did a very famous face reveal. Um, we're not here to make any comments but, but on then, that. But he, he unface revealed. Oh really? I didn't I, see that. I'm pretty sure he took down his face reveal video and is now just, I mean, as much as you can, can pretend on the internet that didn't happen, pretending it didn't happen. I mean, which is unfortunate. If bullying's wrong. If in 2020, like I said, he was born in 1999. The kid was 21. I don't even know if he could drink in the United States at the time that this entire thing went down. And yes, it's wrong to cheat. But also, a lot of people got really upset about something that in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal. (laughs) And maybe you shouldn't like bully a child on the internet for making a mistake especially with the face reveal thing yeah. like anyway mind yeah, your it's, business it's uh, i don't know when the face reveal happened but yeah june 11th 2023 he tweets i deleted my face reveal lol yeah and i don't blame him you do what you gotta do but also you're making a lot of money and uh if you want to send some of it our way that would be cool if you don't want to send some of it our way please don't sue us for defamation <laughs> i'm just spitting facts And that's kind of, that's the big one where people who don't know anything else about speedrunning may still have heard of the dream speedrunning scandal that happened. And I think a lot of the reason why that became so popularized is that because Minecraft interest spans many, many generations. Yeah. It's much wider than uh, the spread demographically for other video games. And, um... Also, when you have the official Minecraft speedrunning team um, and an astrophysicist battling it out in like 20 page papers, it's I don't know. It's a little dramatic. And it's goofy. fun for the Internet. Yeah, it, it catches headlines in a time during 2020 when we were all stuck at home watching True. things on the Internet anyway. That is that's all I've got to tell you today about uh, speedrunning. But I do really highly recommend you check out some of these YouTube channels that I mm have mentioned and specifically games done quick uh they post all of their uh vods of their streams on their youtube channel and it's just that's a lot more chill because no one is attempting to set a record during games done quick it's more of kind of like an interview demonstration Mm -hmm. along with experts who do this kind of thing and so it's very soothing it's very informational and it's for charity so highly recommend yeah geoguesser is a speed running thing that I always yes, find fun to I've watch. Yes, I've seen that. 
Yeah, as you know, I'm a pretty big GeoGuessr buff. Yeah, you're a GeoGuessr yeah. aficionado. I am. And kind of related, you're just talking about the intense amounts of like game knowledge that people have and utilize for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll find this soothing, but like the world of technical Minecraft is truly horrifying in like a wait. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, it's it's horrifying in an awesome way because mm-hmm. you have what are essentially Minecraft quantum physicists that are like figuring out how to do absolutely ridiculous stuff with like game mechanics. Like one I was, I was watching the other day is, um, so in Minecraft, Redstone is kind of the in-game way to like automate and build machines. Yeah, it's kind it's, of the it's kind of like a, it it transports electrical impulses, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like fantasy electricity. So anyway, normally, if you want to send a redstone signal some distance, you need to put because it has a very short distance that a redstone signal can travel 15 blocks, a blocks a meter, so 15 meters. You can put repeaters. Repeaters add 0.2 seconds of delay per repeater. So if you want to send a, a redstone signal a thousand blocks away, you need a ton of repeaters. Also, Minecraft only loads, let's say, a couple of hundred blocks around the player. So if you want to send it a thousand meters away, well, it won't because all those blocks aren't loaded. But what you can do is do wireless redstone because um when you drop an item in minecraft it it kind of bobs up and down as like Mm -hmm. a little entity in the world and uh i think it's every type of an entity has a random offset applied to it to kind of control where it starts in the bob Mm -hmm. so if let's i think in the example they use wool blocks so if i if i throw a piece of wool here and a piece of wool a thousand blocks away, and I drop them at the exact same instant, I can, based on, okay, this one is starting, you know, half an inch lower than the other mm-hmm. one, because you can kind of time how it takes them to fall a certain distance. Mm-hmm. You can figure out how many wool blocks exist as floating entities in the world right now. <laughs> so it's, or or another one's like, like, um, like, like, you know, there's like your, your typical TNT cannon. And then there's like high performance advanced TNT cannons where it's like, oh, yeah, um, you can dial in the coordinates for anywhere within like 10,000 blocks. And then the next time that chunk gets loaded, the TNT will just appear there and like destroy whatever you want. Or like you can shoot TNT horizontally in around corners based on because the way Minecraft, um, you know, Unlike the real world, where I'm pretty sure I'm not a physicist, don't uh, come at me. Um, <laughs> I am a physicist. Good news for you. <laughs> so in the real world, everything happens in like a smooth, linear fashion, right? Like if I, if I wave my hand in front of my face, mm-hmm. obviously I'm on a camera, you're seeing it as, you know, 24 distinct images. But, you know, to me anyway, it's, it's just mm-hmm. happening. But in Minecraft, much like frames in a video, it, it's this, all of these things happen. Okay. Next frame, all of these things happen. So when a thing moves in Minecraft, it doesn't move. Like if it's, if it's moving diagonally, because Minecraft's all in a grid system. Um, if it looks like it's moving diagonally, it's not. If it, it they move like like um, like knights, knights in chess. In chess, yeah, yeah. Where <laughs> so you so you you can shoot something around a corner, and you can like 
yeah, just the stuff you can do when you get like so into the game mechanics. Mm -hmm. It's like, obviously, this is stuff that the developers probably never really intended or sure didn't intend to start with. Maybe now they're, you know, more wise to the crazy amounts of yeah ridiculous things like super mario 64 that's what Mm. i'm saying is like the levels of innovation on like they're just how far can we push this yeah how far can we take it's like if you landed on the moon and you started to try and see if you could do backflips just because you can like how how far can we push the laws of uh physics in this specific environment to exploit it and make it work for us yeah yeah i just think it's i think it's really neat and like i said i find it very soothing i don't find like when people are actually trying to set the records that's stressful because they're like you know panicking and excited and then they scream and that is also why there was another video that was a minecraft fake that i watched to uh to to kind of critique and then didn't end up including Mm -hmm. it but in that video one of the red flags to the uh speedrunner.com team was that the player had no live audio from the recording Mm -hmm. so he was just you know playing alone in his room and wasn't mic'd or was mic'd in took the audio out later and that is kind of a red flag because if you can hear the commentary of what someone is doing while they're going and you can kind of get a sense of like they realize they're having a really good run and they start kind of freaking out and like oh what can i do there was none of that he did a voiceover commentary later and then submitted that so it it it's not saying like he's cheating it's saying that uh, there are signs that make it more likely that somebody could be cheating. And so mm-hmm. once we see some of those signs, we'll do a further investigation. And the reason I didn't include that is because ultimately I don't think, I think the the verification was just, yeah, this person, like they, uh, I don't know if they, they were playing on a seed they already had played before or and then they also had some mods that were um giving them increased drops like it was a very very lucky run and statistically they were not likely to be that luckily lucky but that is so similar to the dream situation that i didn't include all yeah minecraft added a new feature into the game now where given a seed you will always get the same sequence of drops from a mob Mm. so before it was actually random so short of dream admitting which i guess he did there's no way to prove that he cheated or, or had you know mod enhancements but mm-hmm. you could say it's highly unlikely yes. that he and did but yeah but that means it's still technically possible yes with the new minecraft stuff you could verify okay here's a seed you were on okay if i go and kill three withers or wither skeletons i get you know these these three sets of drops Mm -hmm. in your video you get a different set of drops ergo you have cheated definitive yeah Yeah. well and specifically to be clear they were looking at like multiple different runs that he attempted over multiple different suppose like random seeds Mm -hmm. and so it's like yeah this could be you're getting these random drops but Overall, yeah. when you look at the entire pattern, it's happening more frequently. Yeah, pretty sus. And it's just a better luck mod. Yeah. So pretty sus. It's pretty it's pretty sussy. Yeah. 
I I mean I think that's all I have. Some of the uh, games that are really common to be speed done speed runs really kind of blow my mind. Like, all right, Mario, you got Legend of Zelda, Golden Eye, mm-hmm. but also we have a uh, Super Meat Boy, <laughs> Guitar Hero, mm-hmm. uh, GTA, <laughs> Yu Gi Oh, Half Life Two. There's a bunch of there's some other ones that I don't recognize, but like probably Doom. Um, Doom is not on here. Huh. I mean. It could be. This is specifically yeah. that fake speedruns iceberg. That oh, I okay. Yeah. Um, Ghosts and Goblins, Fantasy Star, House of Caravan. But yeah, it's 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 all interesting. What's at the bottom of the pyramid of the, of the iceberg? Uh, the bottom of the iceberg is it's just lists of um, names of oh, okay. people yeah. who faked speedruns. So there's cool, like a Mario cool. speedrun by L. Lee SDA um a legend of zelda speed run by downtime death yeah i don't even we haven't even put out our episode for last week yet but do you have any follow-up what did i do last week i don't remember um sip no we already did forest fires oh turkish delight (laughs) oh yes how everything's from the ottomans uh no, I don't think I've done I have anything else to follow up on that mm-hmm. other than just boy Ottomans be Ottomanning. Well, then we'll say um, we do still someday hope to build our Great Pyramid of Giza in Minecraft, but we mm-hmm. have jobs and we're tired. So, yeah, someday. Also, oh, I guess, yeah, follow up on that part. In I think season six or seven of Hermitcraft, which is a really popular YouTube series one of the hermits built a scale model of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Now, the problem is that in Minecraft, you you could only really build easily at a 45 degree angle. And the real Great Pyramid, I think, is 54 degrees. So unless you want to try and have a pyramid that doesn't have like straight sides, that like kind of like slope up or like like increase or decrease their angle, you can either build so that the footprint is correct or the height is correct. <laughs> um, and if you build so the height is correct, I think it's like 30% more blocks you need to place, mm-hmm. which when you're placing tens of thousands of blocks really adds up. Yeah. But so he built a sandstone pyramid with the correct footprint, which means it was about 50 blocks too short. Mm. Um, still really, really impressive. Like uh, I'll throw it on the server sometime and, you know, a little tour through because it, it, it's pretty cool. And I'm like, mm, well, he's already done a quite a good job. So now I'm less motivated to do it. But yeah. I'd love just to do it in quartz and to the correct height. Mm-hmm. So it's Didn't all you like, also tell me that there was something where um, you couldn't get the correct height because of the height restrictions in Minecraft or something? I mean, at one point, you definitely couldn't have. Because it's oh, what 140. That new update came out. Yeah, but it's 146 blocks tall, or 146 meters blocks. Same thing, I think. Right. Uh, plus, you start at 64, and I think the world height. I think originally it was 128, but for quite a while, it's. I think it's been 255. Okay. Uh, so it wouldn't find there, and now it's up to like 310 or something. Yeah. Like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely have the space we, for it there now. Yeah, if we do decide to build it, uh, we will put up pictures somewhere. <laughs> we probably won't build it because, again, yeah. we're very tired. But maybe you'll build it. And if you do, send us a picture. If you do, do a speed it. run, 
Send us a video. Speed run building the Great Pyramid of Giza. Speed run Minecraft. building the Great Pyramid of Giza in Minecraft. Yeah. That is the title of the episode. All right. All right. Have a good yeah. week. See you. See you next week. <laughs> if you like this episode, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at Fun Fact Collectors on Instagram and Twitter. If you have suggestions for future episodes or just want to share your favorite fun fact, feel free to send us an email at headnerds at funfactcollectors.com. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic, check out the show notes. This has been Fun Fact Collectors. See you next week. See you next week. Wow.